electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Sweet Green goes public. The salad chain is making wellness waves in food. CEO Jonathan Neiman. We wanted to disrupt fast food and make it healthy. They might be onto something. Fellow Sweet Green founder Nathaniel Rue. There's a seismic shift to plant-based eating. There's a connection to purpose-driven brands. And sustainability is top of mind for many of our customers. And if after all that salad, you still need some support, we've got you covered. Spanx, Victoria's Secret, it's a shapewear kind of day. I'm surprised you didn't know that I have those Spanx. I just thought you looked so svelte. Plus, boosters ready to boost, and NVIDIA, the chip beating all other chips. It's Thursday, November 18th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Let's talk a little bit about labor. After more than a month, the strike at Deere, it's now over. Workers ratifying a new six-year contract by a margin of 61% to 39%. The accepted offer includes the raises, bonuses, and pension funding improvements from an earlier rejected offer, plus, though, an increase in base rather production pay. Now, returning plant and warehouse workers We'll be getting an immediate 10% raise and an $8,500 bonus. Additional 5% pay raises will be provided in 2023 and 2025. And a 3% lump sum bonuses will be awarded in the other contract years. Now, Deere said some of the workers were set to return to work as early as last night's overnight shift. So uh, what has been quite a saga um, with a lot of twists and turns appears to be over, Joe. Yes, uh, Andrew, it's true. I'm just checking out some of this NVIDIA stuff. You know, Kramer, you got to love the stock. He loves NVIDIA. Loves it. You got to love the stock. You read his newsletter? You got to love his newsletter at night? He named his dog. He put out a whole note about his his love affair with NVIDIA. He has a dog named NVIDIA. So my point was, if you you name your dog after a stock, you got to love it. Because dogs, I got a dog who's 16. So that's like a long-term buy. You know what the market cap of this this baby is right now. Any well, guesses? More than it used Bueller? to be. No, I'm going to huh? look it up. Well, it's the most, I think you'll be shocked, but it's, that's what I was looking up. It's the most valuable chip company uh, right now. Hmm. That doesn't surprise me, given the tear it's been on. But what, what is the valuation? Well, after today's move, I guess we're pushing eight. <whistles> Hundy. But NVIDIA, yeah, and Jim's, I mean, I named a dog Reagan. <laughs> I thought that was, you know, I, that, but that you're probably not surprised. Uh, you got a rabbit named Biden already, don't you, Andrew? Or that is, you, you, you don't. Cooper. Nope. Cooper. Cooper. Oh, that's right. Cooper uh, Hunter. <laughs> no. Anyway, Nvidia shares are. are <laughs> uh, yeah, but Jim, really, he has been just all over this. I mean, the name a dog, Nvidia. It's not doesn't really roll off your tongue. Here, Nvidia. Here, Nvidia. <laughs> you know, down boy. Down, speak, Nvidia. Uh, but to love a stock that much, uh, NVIDIA shares continue 
Uh, it, the, it was a pandemic. I think the dog has a, has a name tag to get into the building in NVIDIA. NVIDIA Kramer. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen it. <laughs> it's crazy, though, isn't it? Uh, that, that, uh, to love a stock uh, well, that much. Right. NVIDIA shares are sharply higher. Earnings of $1.17 uh, a share above expectations of $1.11. But revenue up 50% year over year also beat uh, estimates. Current, current quarter uh, guidance exceeded expectations. The company said it has more demand than it can fill. Hmm. especially for its uh, hard-to-find graphic uh, cards that are popular with gamers. And uh, we know how many people uh, were playing games uh, during the pandemic. Another bright spot uh, was data center sales up 55% from a year ago. Hey, hey Joe, yesterday, look, the stock's up 6.5% this morning. Yesterday, people must have been trading it down yeah. ahead of this earnings release because it was the biggest drag on both the S&P and the NASDAQ yesterday in the regular trading session before these numbers came out. I just can't believe that, Mark. Yeah, I can't believe 323 is the high. It's not even at the high. So people are playing a lot of, uh, during the pandemic, playing a lot of, of video games and, and other stay-at-home uses for, for chips. But, you know, left Intel in the dust, left everyone in the dust. Let's bring everybody an update on the COVID vaccines because the FDA is meeting today. It's happening, planning to authorize booster doses of the Pfizer vaccine for all adults. The CDC will consider expanding booster doses starting tomorrow. If both agencies approve, any adult who meets timing requirements could be eligible to get a booster as soon as this weekend. Meantime, the White House saying now more than 2 million children have received their first dose of Pfizer's COVID vaccine in the past two weeks since the CDC authorized the shot for kids ages 5 to 11. Now, official estimates, officials rather, I should say, estimate uh, that by the end of yesterday, 10 percent of American children in that age group will have begun the vaccine regimen. Victoria's Secret shares uh, are soaring. Who knew? Uh, after the company's first report since a spinoff from L Brands, uh, revenue was slightly short of expectation, but the company lifted its fourth quarter guidance. Uh, the uptick uh, was in-store sales, uh, rising 22 percent. People resume shopping uh, in person. Victoria's Secret warned that it will likely incur as much as $100 million uh, in fourth quarter supply chain disruptions, including uh, higher freight and production costs. I thought it was canceled. I guess just those stuff, those shows are canceled, but uh, Victoria's Secret maybe is, is, yeah, it's been canceled for a while, but I thought the whole thing was canceled. I don't know. I was still around. They transformed themselves, Joe. They got to what? Like flannel robes (laughs) or something that, full length flannel robes, Victoria's Secret. Uh, This is not my department, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) All right. Coming up on Squawk Pod, they're the three best friends that any salad could have. The guys behind Sweetgreen, building their business and their bowls as they become a publicly traded company. We like to say we want to build the McDonald's of our generation. Kale cannot replace fries, but they've got a big menu. Uh, how do I pronounce this? The shroomamami bowl and the guacamole green salad. All that and a slice of bread right after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. The UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? 
At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Today, let us tell you about salads worth billions. Sweetgreen, the fast casual salad chain, makes its debut on the New York Stock Exchange. The company is seeking close to a $3 billion valuation with an opening price of $28 a share. Now, Sweetgreen is a hugely popular brand with younger consumers, office workers, it's a TikTok fave, and its plans for all of us to eat more fresh food are ambitious. Sweet Green wants to double its footprint in the next couple of years, be in really every neighborhood. Co-founders Jonathan Neiman, Nathaniel Rue, and Nicholas Jamey are college classmates, and all three joined us from the floor of the NYSC in Lower Manhattan today. Salad fan Andrew Ross Sorkin kicks off their debut interview with Jonathan Neiman, the company's CEO. Good morning uh, to all three of you. It's great to see you. Congratulations on this milestone of a day. Um, I eat your salads religiously, and we can talk about that in a second, but uh, we can talk about the economics of your business. But tell the audience how this company began, the origin story. Well, first of all, good morning. It's amazing to be here with you guys today. And first of all, I just want to thank our team members for helping make this moment happen. You know, Sweetgreen started almost 15 years ago. The three of us met while we were students at Georgetown University and really had a shared a shared problem in our lives where we couldn't find a place to eat that was healthy, delicious, convenient, and affordable. And we wanted to disrupt fast food and make it healthy. So together we wrote a business plan and we opened our first restaurant. I took over an old burger shack, a 500 square foot old burger shack. And the idea was very simple. We wanted to source food locally from farmers, make it from scratch, and serve it directly to customers. And so the idea here, by the way, is at this point, you plan to double in size even from today over the next three to five years? Correct. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We believe we're at the very early stages of our growth. With about 140 restaurants in both urban and suburban markets, there's such massive white space for what we're doing. And there's, there's a complete shift in how people thinking about food from a health perspective, a sustainability perspective, wanting to connect with brands that really stand for something. And we believe Sweetgreen is positioned at the center of this movement. Can we just talk about the growth and, and the trajectory, where you can do it, where you can't do it? I mean, this has worked, obviously, on the coast and in certain types of, in certain cities. How far can you really get out and it still work? You know, we started the company in Washington, D.C. We worked our way up through the East Coast and have now a presence in 13 states in Washington, D.C., including California, Texas, Chicago, Colorado, and Florida. It works in both urban and suburban markets, and we believe we're at the very early stages of our growth. Over time, we want to build a massive, global, iconic food brand. We like to say we want to build the McDonald's of our generation. So eventually, we, we want it to be everywhere, but we're taking a, a disciplined approach in how we get there. So I know you want to do drive-through, but can we just talk about the inherent conflict of salads and driving at the same time? <laughs> I, I understand how McDonald's does it, because I sit there and I'll eat the burger and drive with one hand. I probably shouldn't. Maybe we have to wait for autonomous cars for this to work out, but, but seriously. So, you know, for drive-through, it's just one way of how we think about making it more convenient for the customer. 
So from the very beginning, if we, we thought if we want to compete with fast food, we have to make it as accessible and convenient and frictionless to order. So we introduced the five-channel model where you can order pickup, delivery on our own app, delivery on the marketplaces, and we're always looking to make it more convenient to order. So drive-through is one of those ideas, and we're going to be constantly thinking of other ways to meet our customers wherever they are. Right. Can we talk about profitability and, and what the path to profitability really is here? Because this company is still not profitable. Yeah, absolutely. The company's made significant investments in our infrastructure, from our supply chain, our technology, our brand, and most importantly, our people. And over time, we're looking to leverage that, infra that infrastructure that we've built, and as we continue to add more stores, over time, we're looking to build a very big and profitable company and are very confident in the investments we've made so far to help us get there. Jonathan, I do have to ask you, and I think you probably know where this question's going, Back in 2018, uh, you did an interview with Kara Swisher on her podcast, and you were asked if the company was profitable, and you said, we are. And, and the documents seem to suggest, uh, in terms of the filings, that you're not. Can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah of course. You know, at the time of the filing, uh, at the time of the interview, first of all, I'd say that those were non-GAAP uh, non financials that I was referring to. So at the time of the interview, we feel confident in the statements that we made. However, uh, you know, of course, we've made investments. Uh, as we go public, the way we've had to report numbers are a bit different. So we were referring to adjusted, uh, adjusted EBITDA, and it was on a year-to-date basis, which we have not reported from a quarterly perspective. Sweetgreen wants to be ubiquitous, like the best-known fast-casual consumer brands, the Starbucks of salads, the McDonald's of a new generation, quick, healthy, and part of the American conversation. Chief Brand Officer and Sweetgreen co-founder Nathaniel Rue says this brand is ready to take on the competition. And today, the IPO is day one. A lot of investors who are watching this now are going to be saying to themselves, who is the comparable? What is the restaurant chain or other kind of company that we should be thinking about? I know you have a lot of technology in your company, but is this something we should be thinking of? Do you look at a Chipotle? Do you look at a Starbucks? Um, I know you said you wanted to be in the McDonald's, but I'm not sure that, that, that's, that, that seems to almost be a very different model. Yeah, it's a great question, Andrew. Um, we actually look up to all of those brands. We started Sweetgreen in 2007. This idea of health and wellness was just getting started. And now, 15 years later, uh, we think Sweetgreen sits at the intersection of many exciting consumer trends. So as we think about comps, we think about what other fast food brands are, are at our scale. And we, we look up to the brands that you mentioned, but we really believe that uh, there's a seismic shift to plant-based eating. There's a connection to purpose-driven brands. And sustainability is top of mind for many of our customers. Earlier this year, Sweetgreen announced plans to achieve carbon neutrality by 2027. They'll do it by reducing emissions where they can, like how they source their ingredients. The company works with 200 farms and food producers, and offsetting where reduction is not yet possible. Enter the third in Sweetgreen's dynamic founding trio, Nicholas Jamet. He's the chief concept officer, meaning he's in charge of sustainability, working with farmers, and here's a tough job in the fall of 2021, managing the supply chain when food and commodity costs are soaring. Well, let me ask one more, which has to do with supply chain, which is just what you're seeing right now in terms of access to ingredients right now. Sure, great question. So, you know, we are living in a global supply chain crisis and it has been challenging, but 
we're incredibly proud of the supply network we've built of you know, over 200 growers, farmers, and partners that all grow sustainably and that we get to work with as we scale. So it's really been incredible to help shift the food system with our growers and suppliers. And we work with most of them you know, in the long-term way, so thinking about one, two years out, really planning out our supply, planning out our menu. And uh, you know, the majority of them are domestic, so we've been able to stay really close to them and ensure the supply of our food. The Sweet Green founders believe they're part of a bigger, much-needed movement in the United States, a wellness movement, and that it resonates with consumers. But sometimes, big ideas in the public discourse can lead to big reactions. Sweet Green CEO Jonathan Neiman learned that from a controversial post on LinkedIn earlier this year. And then finally, before I let you go, um, and I, I got to go back to Jonathan, because you had, you had a piece earlier this year that was pretty controversial that you put up on LinkedIn, and, and the mm-hmm. idea... Uh, was that you had argued for a tax on unhealthy food. And I'm curious what the reaction was. Clearly there was blowback because you took it down. But how do you think about it now? Yeah, you know, first of all, I'd like to say that I do believe that wearing masks and getting vaccinated is absolutely imperative to beating this pandemic. However, at the same time, I do believe as a country, we we could talk more about the underlying health conditions related both to COVID and the health of this country. So while I do not believe that healthy food alone can save us all, I do believe it's an important part of our health and something that we should just pay more attention to. So sweet green alone will not solve this, but together if we focus more on health and wellness and more preventative measures, we think that can change the healthcare in this country. Okay, Um, gentlemen, congratulations. We look forward to following your progress. Thanks, I'm gonna go have a, a guacamole greens, I think at lunchtime today. I'll see you later. Becky? Yeah, I think my only question, Andrew, is when they're going to open one near me. Sounds pretty good. Cheese will be next. Still to come on Squawk Pod, Reese Witherspoon, Oprah, and looking great at any age, Joe Kernan's tips for maintaining his image, spanks, blow dryers, and all. I have a trade-off. I can either have hair or... Let's not get into it. Stand Andrew by. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Up and Andrew, Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. There's some news just out uh, from Lauren Hirsch at DealBook. Uh, Blackstone closing that deal today to acquire shapewear brand Spanx for $1.2 billion. But the news this morning, Oprah Winfrey, Reese Witherspoon and Bumble founder Whitney Wolf heard joining Blackstone investing in Spanx. Oprah helped put that brand on the map in its early days when she named Spanx her favorite product of the year back in 2000. And Blackstone recently acquired Witherspoon's production studio and Blackstone acquired dating app Bumble in 2019 before it went public earlier this year. That's so a big uh, deal. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I don't know if they're just strictly LPs in the fund that yeah. Blackstone already owns, whether it's a side it deal could that's be, because- separate. Remember, we talked to Blackstone, and they are looking for yep. more and more of these female businesses kind of as a, a way to go about that. That's kind of interesting. Shapewear. So, Shapewear what, brand. Which is not just for women. Tell me they about make, it. Joe, they make shirts. Spanks for they men. They do. I'm they not make gonna dis- for men. I'm not, I'm not going to disclose anything, but I'm telling you I'm very familiar with these things, okay? Yeah. I've explained oh, to you. you okay. I've explained to okay. you in the past why. I have a, I have a trade-off. I can either have hair or 
I, let's not get into it, but you know, there, there, there's a sign. Let's not. And I've been let's told. Let's move on to something that, less racy. The hair, is more, the hair is more important, so I need right. something that really sucks things in. Uh-huh. And I and okay. I wear them always. But I've had trouble lately with the Spanx in the back. I always feel like it's going down a little bit. So I, I'm back to wearing a Ralph Lauren, and, and I don't really feel very fit. Uh, these are all. This is way are we all TMI. Share? But I know. I'm, I'm, like, I'm surprised. We've been talking about underwear on this show for a very long time. You remember I'm we used to talk about Tommy John's all yeah. the time. Yeah, I'm surprised you and didn't know that I have those spanks. I have a bunch. I have a bunch of those. Mary Duffy. I, uh, I was not. I just was thought you looked so svelte that it was. It was all that exercise. I. I didn't know. Remember that Seinfeld episode? The man's ear, the bro, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a. It's a battle. It's a battle. But I have hair. Damn it, I have hair. And that's the podcast today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern, and you can get the smartest takes and analysis and hair tips from our TV show right into your ears if you listen and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.